We're in a series right now entitled The End or Just the Beginning. We're walking through the book of Revelation. We're on a slow walk right now. We're going to try to speed it up a bit as we head into the next couple of weeks. You see, when life on earth ends, when this earthly life is over, eternity begins. And all of us, every human being on the face of the planet from the day one till now and beyond, will spend eternity somewhere. And we want to make sure that everyone spends their eternity forever with Jesus. That's, that's why we're here. That's, that's our goal. That's our desire. And so we're looking at, at what the Word of God says about the end times we're living in. And we recall in Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, there's this blessing that comes. God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church. And he blesses all who listen to its message and obey what it says. For the time is near. The time is near. What time? The end times. Where time quits and eternity begins. And if the time was near when John the Revelator wrote this book, received this revelation, then the time is much more near now in 2018. And so it behooves us to, to be ready and to get as many people as we know ready. Last week, we looked at Revelation chapter 2, verse 1. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Ephesus. This is the message from the one, the one, who holds the seven stars or messengers in his right hand. The one who walks among the seven gold lampstands, the churches. He says, I know all the things you do. I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You have discovered that they're liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. Good job. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me. And do the works you did at first. And if you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand, your church, from its place among the churches. Very strong message from Jesus Christ. A message that each of us need to hear. And you're going to see throughout Revelation 2 and 3 that the Spirit of God is speaking. And Jesus says many times, he who has an ear, let him hear what I'm saying. Now's not the time to justify yourself. Now's not the time to say, yeah, but. Now's the time to hear what the Spirit of God is saying and, and obey what he's saying to you. Forget about the person on your right and left. It's easy to do this all the time, right? Yeah, if he would just listen, if she would just listen. And God's saying, look, I'm, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. So listen up. Watch this. That castle. Really? Isn't that phenomenal? 
So they taught you how to fold the napkins? Yes. Oh, wow. I actually, believe it or not, I know how to sew, fold the uh, Sydney Opera House. I don't believe you. No, no, I really do. I, I, I can totally show you. Stop. I'm very excited. Good evening. Oh, good evening. Have you um, dined with us before? Yes, actually, this is our favorite restaurant. Welcome back. No, babe, I'm pretty sure we've never been here before. Oh, that's weird. Really? Yeah, no, no, we haven't. Hmm. Oh, hold that thought just one second. I'm really, really sorry. Oh, no problem. Yeah. So what would you like to order this? Oh, uh, yes, sir. So you know what? I think I would like to have that salmon. That, that sounds absolutely wonderful. That's one of my favorites. Oh, great. Yeah, like and for you, ma'am? Oh, um, I will have the filet mignon and the New York strip and the eight ounce sirloin, all medium rare. That is a great choice. <laughs> I will get those right out to you. Hey, babe, that's, that's kind of a lot of food, isn't it? I'm not just ordering for one, you know. Wait, are you? Are you telling me that we're, are we expecting? Yeah, he'll be here soon. It's a boy? Oh my. Yeah, of Oh my gosh, course. babe, okay, uh, this has got to be. There he is the... now. Wait, Hi. What? Oh, bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm late. <laughs> I ordered for you. Oh, thank you. You know me so well. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm sorry. Do you, do, you, do you two know each other? Do you yeah, guys... he is my boyfriend from high school. Your, your boyfriend from, from high school? Babe, can I ask you what your boyfriend's doing? <laughs> <laughs> Did I come at a bad time? No! Yeah. <laughs> I really don't see the problem here, Justin. Yeah, I really don't see the problem here. Okay, who are you? Honey, stop, you're embarrassing me. I just wanted us to have one nice night at our favorite restaurant. Okay, first of all, I've never been to this restaurant. And, and second, what is going on? Hey, babe, sorry I'm late. Did I miss anything? Okay, seriously? Hey, you, all right, you, you take your hand off her and you, what is going on? Just sit down. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> Angela, is this, is this some kind of joke? Are you, are you actually seeing these guys? Justin, I've known these guys longer than I've known you. Wait, what? Are you seriously jealous right now? Jealous? Angela, in case you forgot, we're married. Okay, and we spend the majority of our time together. I, I love you more than any of my other boyfriends. That's why you'll always be my favorite. Your, your favorite? Is, is there anyone else I need to know about? Babe, is there a problem over here? Okay, really, the waiter? No, Dennis, we're fine. All right, seriously, no. Good, food will be right now. Uh, okay, Angela, Angela, all right. These guys need to go, and we need to talk. We're done. I cannot believe this. You are being so selfish. Why do you always have to make everything about you? You ruined our favorite restaurant. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Yeah, I've still never been to this restaurant. Thank you, thank you, Dennis. The salmon is delightful. So, did you propose to her here too? Okay. 
Kind of funny, really sad. I mean, in, in her defense, she's known them longer than she's known him. Right? Why are you always making this about you, Lord? You'll always be my favorite. Would you be upset? Amen. Who wants to marry somebody like that? Ain't nobody lining up for that. Why do you think, do you really think the Lord wants to marry a bride like that? When we're looking around at everything else and falling in love with everything but him, he says, you got to come back. Church, come back to your first love. Come back. Repent. Redo the deeds you did at first. Or else I'm coming and I will remove your lampstand out of its place. Jesus is not coming back for a bride like that. And may we as a church wake up and say, Lord, you are my everything. I am committed to you and you alone. Amen. Revelation chapter 2, write this letter to the angel of the church in Smyrna. This is the message from the one who is the first and the last, who was dead, but now is alive, is now alive. The church of Smyrna is the church of the second and third century that went through such tremendous suffering and persecution from the Roman government. It was estimated that six million Christians were martyred during this period of time. Some of them were fed to the lions, they were stretched on racks. They were crucified by the hundreds as the Roman emperors at various periods sought to stamp out Christianity. So to this church that was going through tremendous suffering and persecution, they were going to experience some things that were ridiculously hard. The message of Jesus is one of a different nature. It's a message of comfort, of, of hope. I was dead, but I am alive. I was crucified, but I rose from the dead. And he says in verse 9, I know about your suffering and your poverty, but you are rich. I know it looks like you got nothing and you've been through a whole lot, but there are riches that are attached to you. As you continue to love me, I know the blasphemy of those opposing you. They say they are Jews, but they are not because their synagogue belongs to Satan. Don't be afraid of what you're about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you into prison to test you. You will suffer for 10 days. But if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. And I don't, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're suffering and, and, and go the, the tribulation that is going on in your spirit or in your body or in your soul or in your family or in your business. 
But I do know this. He says, if you'll hang on, if you'll hang on through it all, there's a reward. There's rich reward that is coming your way. And it's a crown of life. It's a crown that, that the enemy can't take away from you. Fear not. Someone has said there's 366 th fear nots in the Bible, one for every day plus leap year. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Don't give in. Don't throw in the towel. Don't, don't let fear paralyze you. You realize who you are in me, and you stand firm. Stay faithful to the end. There is a huge reward. And he says in verse 11, anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit. There's a lot of voices that are going to go on, but you've got to listen to the Spirit. You've got to tune your ear in to the Spirit of the living God. He's the one that speaks life. He's the one that speaks truth. He's the one that calms your fears. He's the one that says, peace, be still in the midst of the storm. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Whoever is victorious will not be harmed by the second death. And there's a second death coming, and we'll talk about that later on in Revelation. Verse 12, write this letter to the angel of the church in Pergamum. This is the message from the one with the sharp two-edged sword. I know that you live in the city where Satan has his throne. I know your household is full of H-E double toothpicks. Right? And it seems like Satan set up his throne there. I know the job you're working at, is, it, it's, it's an evil place. Yet, you have remained loyal to me. You're in the midst of the biggest mess of your life, but you have remained loyal to me. You refused to deny me even when Antipas, my faithful witness, was martyred among you there in Satan's city. You have refused to deny me even when. Even when. You put your own little scenario in there. And you say, you know what, Lord? I refuse to deny you even when. Even though I'm facing this, even though I'm dealing with this mess, even though it seems like Satan has set up his throne in my house, even when I will not deny you. But I have a few complaints against you. And here's his first complaint. You tolerate you tolerate some among you whose teaching is like that of Balaam who showed Balak how to trip up the people of Israel. He taught them to sin by eating food offered to idols and by committing sexual sin. In a similar way, you have some Nicolaitans. Remember we talked about that last week, those who set up a spiritual hierarchy. You have to come to me to find out what God's saying. Let me tell you what God's saying. They're making it hard to get to God, and God doesn't want it hard to get to him. He made it easy. He, he said it's for everyone. Everyone who thirsty, come on in. Take a drink. I've got life for you. 
And he ripped the veil from top to bottom, from top to bottom. He said, you enter in, enter in. He said, you've got some Nicolaitans among you who, are follow, who follow the same teaching. The doctrine of Balaam was the introduction of idolatry to the people of God. Turning to something else or someone else or something other than God for answers. There's a lot of stuff going on that people are turning to instead of God. In fact, your best friend could be that. Your best friend could be an idol that you go to instead of God. I just got to talk to, I just got to talk to so-and-so. No, you need to talk to God. You need to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to you. You need to listen to his word. Read it. Digest it. Get it a part of your spirit. They, it was at this time in church history they began to introduce rep representations of Jesus and Mary and of the apostles and saints and statues worshiping God in unprescribed ways. Listen, don't add anything other than what the word of God says. Amen. It's not God plus anything. God's everything you need. He's God all by himself. He has prescribed ways of worship and, and, and we don't need to add anything to it. God says you must worship me in spirit and in truth. And all the truth you need is found in his word. You don't need anything else besides the word of the living God to teach you what the truth is. Because this is something you can stand on. And once we know the truth, everything else just feels funny. Once you've handled the truth, once you've touched the real money, counterfeit can't pass you and go, oh, it's okay. No, it's fake. I remember the first 20 I got that was a counterfeit. I was a youth pastor in Iowa. And some kid gave a $20 bill into our little uh, cafe area. Bought a Coke. I gave him like 19 bucks back. And I looked at it and I touched it like, that's weird. And it looked weird. And... and and yet I took it. Then I tried to turn it into the bank. And they said, no, we'll have that. You get nothing. I didn't listen. I wasn't sharp enough to say, oh, that's not real. I'm not, I'm not accepting that. Some of you need to handle the word of God so much that when the fake comes, when the words come and they don't line up with the word of God, you're like, ah, sorry, you're a nice person, but I don't receive that. I had a lady come up to me on, on this platform. Gave me a word from God. And I looked at her and I finally said, you know what? I don't receive that. 
I said, that, that's, not, that's not truth. I don't receive that. She turned on her heels and has never stepped foot back in this church again. Okay. I don't, I don't need false. I need the word of the living God. And I stand on that. He's everything we need. Verse 16, Jesus says, repent of your sin. And this is for everyone. Repent of your sin or I will come to you suddenly and fight against them with the sword of my mouth. You don't want that sword cutting you apart. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give some of the manna, that daily sustenance that has been hidden away in heaven, and I will give to each one a white stone, that stone of acceptance. And on the stone will be engraved a new name that no one understands except the one who receives it. He's got a new name for you if you're victorious. Some of you don't like your name right now. You never liked it. From day one, you're like, why'd they name me that? Well, guess what? God's got a new name. And once he speaks it into you, you'll understand. You'll understand who you really are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm, I'll give a new name that no one understands except the one who receives it. Write this letter, verse 18, the next church. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Thyatira. This is the message from the Son of God whose eyes are like flames of fire, whose feet are like polished bronze. Now, fire and bronze in Scripture, a lot of times, is dealing with judgment. When you see bronze and, and fire, it's a, it's a judgment thing. And he says, I know all the things you do. And you can guarantee he's watching. He knows everything that's going on in your life. He knows all the things you do. I've seen your love, your faith, your service, and your patient endurance. And I can see your constant improvement in all these things. But I have this complaint against you. You are permitting. Now notice the church before, he said, you've tolerated. I got this against you. You're tolerating some things. And here he says, you are permitting that woman, that Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet, to lead my servants astray. Let me just pause for a moment and let you know the spirit of Jezebel is not welcome here in this house. Amen. We don't tolerate that. We don't permit that. Amen. That Jezebel who calls herself a prophet you're permitting her to lead my servants astray. She teaches them to commit sexual sin and to eat food offered to idols. And notice this next line, and God, God spoke this into my spirit some time ago. I gave her time to repent, but she does not want to turn away from her immorality. There are some of us, God has given you so much time, and yet you're, you're, you're like, no. I like how I am. I like how I'm living. 
I ain't changing. It's like, okay. It's like, you asked for it. You got it. Toyota. Okay, I'm old. I remember that commercial from a long time ago. Some of you don't remember that commercial. And I'll say it again. People say, how can God send people to hell? He doesn't. He, he honors their choice. You wanted nothing to do with me on earth? Okay. I will honor your decision. I gave her time to repent, but she does not want to turn away from her immorality. Therefore, because of that, I will throw her on a bed of suffering, and those who commit adultery with her will suffer greatly unless they repent and turn away from her evil deeds. Can I just tell you, God gives you an open door all the time until your life is over. You got an open door to repent and get out of your mess. That's good news. He loves you so much. I will strike her children dead, and all the churches will know that I am the one who searches out the thoughts and intentions of every person. First off, he said, I know your deeds. I know what you've done. And now he's letting us know it's not just about what you're doing. It's about what's going on up here and your motives, your intentions. Yeah, but I, I, I served at the church. Why did you serve? I, I gave all that money. Why did you give the money? You see, a lot of times our actions look good, but it's what's going on inside the heart that matters to the Lord. He cares more about your thoughts and your intentions. He said, you, you've heard it said, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I'm telling you, there's something more than, than the outward act of adultery. There's something going on in the heart. You look at a woman in lust, boom, you're there. What? Huh? Huh? Whoa, whoa, whoa. And, and Jesus says, I'm, I'm looking beyond the outward exterior. I'm looking to the heart of things. He said, I, I will come. I'm, I'm searching out the thoughts and intentions of every person, and I will give to each of you whatever you deserve. But I also have a message for the rest of you in Thyatira who have not followed this false teaching. Deeper truths, as they call them. Depths of Satan, actually. Beware. Let me, let me just throw this out here. Beware of those who have gone so deep. But let me tell you the deepness of what I have from the Lord. It's just a little dangerous. Be careful. Know your word. Know your word. And listen to the spirit of the living God. 
He says, I will ask nothing more of you except that you hold tightly to what you have until I come. To all who are victorious, who obey me to the very end, to them I will give authority over all the nations. They will rule the nations with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. They will have the same authority I received from my father. And I will also give them the morning star. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches. People say, well, I, I don't think I want to go to heaven. All you do is sit on, on clouds and play harps and woo. Oh, right. That ain't it at all. And we'll see as we get in, into deeper into the, the book of Revelation how this is not just a sitting down time, okay? He says, I'll give you authority over the nations. You're going to rule the nations. You're going to be in charge of some things. I, I, got, I got plans for you. And if you were good at it here and you've been faithful here, you got some good stuff coming up there. Hallelujah. And I'll give you the same authority I received from my father. Listen, 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 ears to hear, listen to the Spirit, understand what he's saying. Revelation chapter 3, verse 1. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Sardis. This is a message from the one who has the sevenfold Spirit of God, the complete Spirit of God, and the seven stars, the seven messengers. I know all the things you do and that you have a reputation for being alive. You're dead. Wake up! Exclamation point. Wake up. Don't sleep through this life of yours. Wake up. It doesn't matter what everybody else thinks about you. It matters what he thinks about you. You have a reputation that you're alive, but you're dead. Wake up. Wake up. I know. And he, he says, wake up and strengthen what little remains. You may only have a little bit left, but strengthen that. Strengthen what you got left. Strengthen that area that, that, that hasn't gone the way of the flesh. Strengthen what little remains for even what is left is almost dead. I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. How you acting? Go back to what you heard and believed at first. Hold to it firmly. Repent and turn to me again. And if you don't wake up, I will come to you suddenly as unexpected as a thief. He's coming like a thief in the night to return. Don't be caught off guard. 
Verse 4, yet there are some in the church in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes with evil. And they will walk with me in white. There's always some that God has in every church. They will walk with me in white for they are worthy. All who are victorious will be clothed in white. I will never erase their names from the book of life. But I will announce before my father and his angels that they are mine. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me on this earth, I'll be ashamed of you before my father in heaven. If you acknowledge me on this earth, I'll acknowledge you to my father. They're mine. He's mine. She's mine. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Again, don't rationalize. Don't, don't justify yourself and say, oh, yeah, well, yeah, I'm okay. No, if the Spirit's speaking to you, respond to what he's saying. Don't, don't miss these moments. Peter writes in 2 Peter chapter 3, Peter who walked with Jesus, Peter who messed up everything, it seemed at times. Peter who loved to stick his foot in his mouth. Peter who walked on water. Nobody else did. Okay. Give him that. All right. Even though he denied Jesus, just like Jesus said he would, because Jesus knows our hearts. Peter writes to the church. He says, dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I've written both of them as reminders. Somebody say reminders. We need reminders. And that's why we read the word of God daily. We read the word of God daily to remind us. I wrote both of these as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. Because sometimes we get into stinking thinking. He said, I don't want you to be a stinking thinking. I want you to be a wholesome thinking. I want you to think on a wholesome level so I'm reminding you so I can stimulate your thought process. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. I want you to recall the word of God, the words that were spoken over you, the words that were spoken by the prophets, the words that were spoken by the apostles, the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, that which was spoken to you, the word of the living God. Bill Johnson says, we must be so anchored in what God has said that the enemy's voice isn't even appealing So anchored in what God has said that I, I, I hear his voice, the enemy's voice. I'm like, yeah, that didn't, that didn't even appeal to me. That, that doesn't even tempt me. He says, the only time the enemy's lies sound appealing is when I've lost sight of what the Lord has said to me. And, and sometimes we get so, we're not reminded enough. And so we, we lose sight of what God has spoken over us, of who he says we are. And we start living like paupers. We, we start living like children who need to beg. And, and the kingdom is ours for the taking. Everything he bought and paid for is ours. 
because he's adopted us in. We're sons and daughters of the living God. And if I forget what he said about me, if I forget what he's spoken over me, then when the enemy comes along and lies to me, I'm like, oh, well, that sounds pretty good. Well, I think I'll just blindly go follow you. No. He has so much for us. He says, I'm writing this to stimulate you as a reminder to wholesome thinking. Remember, recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets, the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come. Scoffing. That's what scoffers do. They scoff. scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where's this coming, he promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on and it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago by God's word, the heavens came into being. And the earth was formed out of water and by water. And by these waters also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed by the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. So, hey, God's in charge here. He knows what's going on. He spoke this thing into existence. He's got things going on, and he's working on the end times. And nothing's going to catch him off guard. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years are like a day. God's got a whole different time scale than you do. Again, we look at this little slice of time, we're like, God's like, ah, no, no, no. I, I, look, if you just hang on, this is coming. I'm working on some stuff here. Do not forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord. A day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. Is it me? You want to give me another microphone? Bring me one and I'll use it. I'll steal Landon's. Hello? One, two. With the Lord a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. Some of you need to know that. Because you're feeling like, man... He promised me, but I, I just, I'm not seeing it yet. I'm not seeing it yet. The Lord's not slow about his promise. He's not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. He's patient with you. And you need somebody being patient with you. Amen. Amen. I need somebody being patient with me. And the Lord is patient with us, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. 
Notice he doesn't want anyone to perish. He doesn't want to send anyone to hell. He doesn't want anyone to perish. But he wants everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. And since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? I mean, now that you've got a glimpse of the end, what kind of people should you be? How should you be living? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. How do we speed its coming? We tell everybody we know about Jesus. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire. And the elements will melt in the heat. This place is going to burn up. Everything you see here will be burned. Everything you've bought on earth will be burned. Makes you kind of wonder about how much money we invest in stuff down here, isn't it? I've seen some pretty nice things, some pretty high price tags, but it's all going to melt when he finally says it's done, it's over. Time's up. It's all going to melt. So what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God as speed is coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we're looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth Amen. where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Since you're looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. And bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. Just as our dear brother Paul also wrote, you with the wisdom that God gave him. Listen, God is very patient. He's patient with you. He's patient with me. He's patient with your family. He's patient with your neighbor. He's way more patient than you are. Amen. Sometimes I'm like, I'm like the disciples. Lord, you want to just, shall we just call fire down right now? 
no, 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 no. I'm patient. Because I want everyone to come to this, this moment of salvation. I want everyone to be with me for e eternity. I want everyone to come to repentance. Bow your heads with me, please. I don't, I don't know where you're at today, but I do know this. God loves you so much. He has been so patient with you. Because he's got big plans for your life. He's got big plans for your future. He's got big plans for your eternity. And he's waiting for you just to turn to him, repent of your sins, and say, yes, Lord. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I give you everything. God doesn't want you to miss out on this amazing party that's getting ready to happen. He doesn't want you to miss out on everything he's got in store for you. So he gives you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. He's saying, just turn to me. Turn to me. Let me give you a brand new start. Let me bring healing to your life. Let me deliver you from your sin. Let me deliver you from your addiction. Let me cover you with my blessing and peace. If you want that today, you want to make things right with God, I want you just to slip your hand up high. I want to pray with you this morning. God's been patient. He's been waiting until you're ready. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else? God's speaking to you right now. He's saying, turn to me. And I'll set you free. Yes, ma'am. Someone else. I don't want to miss anybody. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, you're welcome here, Holy Spirit. We welcome you in this place. bottom of your heart, just begin to cry out to him. Just begin to talk to the Lord. Prayer is nothing more than just talking to him. Tell him what's on your heart this morning. Go ahead, talk to him right now. I'm going to pray in a moment. But you talk to him right out of your heart. Say, God, I need you. I need you. I need you, Lord. I need you to come and rescue me. I need what this preacher is talking about. I need you, Lord. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. We welcome you in this place today, Lord. Come and have your way. Lord, come and have your way. Come and have your way, Lord. 
thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For what you're doing in our hearts, Lord. You're changing our hearts, Lord. We're saying yes to you. We're listening to your spirit. We're saying yes to you, Lord. We're saying yes. Not my will, but yours be done. Yes, Lord, yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you raised your hand, pray this prayer with me out loud. Why don't all of us pray this? Just make a declaration to God today. Because the Bible says if we confess with our mouth Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. We're brought into the family of God. We're brought into the kingdom of God. So we're going to declare that today. So pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you right now thanking you for your patience with me. You've been so patient with me, Lord. And I thank you for this moment where I can declare your lordship in my life. And so I declare with my mouth, Jesus Christ is my Lord. God, you raised him from the dead. And now I'm saved. My sins are forgiven. My past is clean. And I've got a brand new future ahead of me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for what you've done for me. Help me to tell this good news to somebody else who needs it. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus.